Hello, everyone. I'm Al Daldegan, creator and producer of the Leaders, Innovators, and Big Ideas podcast, supported by Rainforest Alberta. This podcast showcases the people who are working to improve Alberta's innovation ecosystem. I'll be hosting this episode myself. I am a proven leader with over 23 years of diverse experience designing, delivering, and supporting software and technology projects. I believe in giving back to my community, and I enjoy networking and helping to grow Alberta's innovation ecosystem. Creatively, you will find me pursuing my passions of photography, podcasting, and woodworking, along with the occasional round of golf. I hope you enjoy my interview with Jade Alberts. Let's get to it. All right, everyone, welcome to the show. Uh, My guest today is the one and only Jade Alberts. Uh, Jade is going to tell us a little bit about himself, but he's one of the really in in the Calgary uh, marketplace. He's one of the people that's just always there. He's a a business strategist, an entrepreneur, connector and an investor. And uh, he knows a lot of people and he does a lot of cool stuff. So we're going to talk about some of the cool things he does. Jade, thanks for joining me. Oh, I appreciate it, Al. Thank you for having me. Excellent. Um, as as per usual, I'd love to start off with uh, kind of your origin story. I'm not sure if you're a DC or a Marvel fan, but uh, everyone has an origin story. So why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, how you became who you are today? Well, I guess that goes back to being a small town, small town cool guy in Saskatchewan. <laughs> I, I grew up in rural Saskatchewan in Melville, and uh, I ended up going to high school in Notre Dame to play hockey. And uh, I really got a lot of my start there from really learning how to be a leader, learning how to properly treat people, learning a lot of the things that I moved forward in in life that I use now um, as a as a parent, as a person, as a you know business. Doesn't matter what it is. I, I got a lot of my structure from from those years in Notre Dame. Um, after that, we moved to Saskatoon. I went to university. Didn't feel that it was something that I wanted to do, took a year off, got into, took a job at a, at a video one, it was called, it's a, a division of entertainment one today and really started turning their uh, shipping receiving department into a profit center. And six months later, I was moved into sales and 27 years later, here I am. Wow. Wow. So long, that's a long career to be doing one thing. Was it with the same company all the time or? No, uh, the video one was, was, you know, let, let's just put it this way. I would probably still be there because I got paid money to watch, watch movies and play video games. <laughs> and, and on that, I was a video game tester for the company. So on one side, I would have uh, the movie set up and we had to watch all the screeners and make sure we sold them to our, our clients and got the right uh, amount so they could make money. And of course, on the other side, I had all the video game systems set up there and, and I got to do that. So that was uh, it was eight years of my life. And then I got headhunted to a company called DSL, Dairy Supplies Limited. And they didn't have anybody in Saskatchewan really at that time. They had a service department and they basically said, well, here you go, Jade. It's yours. We don't have you. There was really kind of pre pre-internet and Google and all that stuff. So literally grabbed the yellow pages, looked up convenience stores and restaurants and, and I drove around Saskatchewan and, and that's kind of where my entrepreneurial spirit started because 
they just said, don't worry about a CRM, just numbers don't lie. Here's what you have to sell the equipment for. Here's what it costs. Your commission's based on whatever you sell it at. So run it like it's your own business. And, and I did. And within a couple of years, I was up to a few million dollars in sales. And that's when they moved me to Calgary in 2002. And I worked with them for, God, probably about six years here before we bought the rights to Nathan's Famous Hot Dogs in Canada. And oh, cool. That was a fun. That was a fun run. We owned the franchise, the food service, and the retail rights, and we set it up and, and ran it. And we had accounts like um, Safeway, Sobeys, Loblaws on the retail side. Some of our food service clients were MLSE, all the Leafs, the Raptors, the Canucks, the Jets, um, thousands of golf courses and clients. And we had three restaurants open. And then when we mm-hmm. sold that business, that's kind of where I ro- rolled into my current role now. Right on. And your current role right now, is it, it's a, a bit of coaching and stuff like uh, business uh, guidance kind of stuff? Yeah, it, um, I don't do a whole lot of coaching. It's more basically business strategy. And, mm. and that is because I mean, when we set up Nathan's, we started, we brought a truckload of hot dogs and, and away we went. We had to really revamp our business plan within 40 days, pivot the company. Obviously, we had our own um, I'm not sure if you remember the uh, Listeria outbreak with Maple Leaf Foods back in the day. Well, we were about a year and a half into our business and that really hurt us as people didn't trust the meat, didn't trust anything and every penny counts in, in that type of an industry. So we really were trying to revamp our marketing, we pivoted our um, advertising, we pivoted our how we how we um ship the product and, and, and found different ways to save money. And in the long term, it really benefited us because it made us more efficient. So a lot of those learnings, obviously Facebook was new. I didn't even, we didn't really know what it was and what kind of powerful tool it would become. Twitter was there. There was nothing really else. So I learned a lot of strategies from the ground up. Even now your CRMs will tell you when to post and do all that. Well, I was putting that stuff on spreadsheets and figuring out what time 10 a.m. and how many things likes we would get. So it was uh, there was a lot of learning that that I did over that time frame. And when you're in the trenches there with your own business and you're trying to help someone come out of theirs and grow and expand, they really respect that you've been there. You know what it's like. You've struggled. You you can have those telling it like it is honest conversations with them, which really makes a difference. Right on. So great segue, by the way. <laughs> so we're talking about social media talk. You mentioned telling like it is you have a Facebook live that you do on a regular basis uh, and it's telling it like it is. Uh, why don't you tell us how that started and what that's all about? Yeah, that that kind of started. I, I, I want to say as as has more of a fluke. I really went I had a lot of contacts across Canada and um, in the media, whether it be local TV, radio, that type of stuff. So I really wanted to, I felt that the entrepreneurs weren't getting the love and the small businesses here in, in Alberta. So I really, I went to them and then they basically just said, yeah, we love the idea. We think it would be good. And my idea was kind of like a, a motoring 90 or like the, like the little golf one, a half an hour show. I think you could showcase a couple entrepreneurs and, and give them some love and make sure that they get their name out there and, and so forth. And, Basically, as, as I expected, all of them came back and said no. So that's where telling it like it is. I said, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to do it myself. And I chose Facebook Live over, over a podcast. Um, I, I like the authenticity of, of Facebook Live for number one. 
a lot less work, <laughs> no editing, no, <laughs> as you can attest, there's a lot of editing sometimes when it comes to a podcast. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, and secondly, they got content out of it that they could obviously take and it's visual and it's, and, and they can use it as their own content for the next, you know, two, three months down the road, cut and splicey questions on, uh, on splice or wherever it is, whatever app they want to use. So it was, it gave them something else to, to showcase, uh, for a longer period of time. Oh, cool. Um, what would you, what's, what's a kind of a hidden benefit of it that you weren't expecting? The following, I, yeah. I, I never expected it to kind of take off as, as like it did. I mean, I reach anywhere between, you know, 4,000 and 20,000 an episode, an episode just, I had reached, uh, just was my highest one, um, recently was probably over 30,000 and that's a few weeks ago. I, I never Amazing. really expected that. It, it's something that I thought well, I would do for a while. No one would watch. And I say, okay, I gave it a shot <laughs> and it didn't go. And now literally I'm, I'm, I'm booked into, I'm almost booked till the end of July with guests. And wow. so it, it's something. And I mean, the rainforest is a big part of that, even like, and yourself, you'll say, oh, you know what? Hey, you should talk to Jade. He, he'll be able to get you on his show. And, and it's something that I really, I, I really cherish that people think that there's some value there because that's what I was hoping it would be. And I guess the other kind of sidebar to that is at one point I did have sponsors come up to me and say, Hey, I'd like to, you know, invest in it and, and, and throw you a little bit of money. And, and I did that for a while and, and then I stopped. Um, I just didn't want to do that. And now if someone wants to sponsor, they'll come up and they'll say, Hey, do you mind if I sponsor that? I'll say, yeah, absolutely. But there's absolutely no financial transaction. I'll give your company some love for an extra for three months or four months or something like that. And then you can come on my show, a lot of different things like that. So, but the, oh, interesting. The, yeah, the following was something that, um, I, I never thought that it would take off like it did. And do you feel uh, maybe a little more obligated now to keep going with the show? <laughs> you kind of do, actually. Yeah. <laughs> you you kind of do, and it's uh, and if it was something that um, you know took a lot of time and, and it took a lot of effort and energy, it it might not fit into my schedule. But really, it only takes the interview itself is about twenty minutes. It takes me probably you know another half an hour or so to post it, and and then it's kind of then it's kind of done. So it's That's, really, then it takes off, right? Once it's on LinkedIn and on all the other social media uh, platforms, it, it kind of takes uh, on a world of its own. And, and of course, the comments and the emails that we get that uh, we're able to connect entrepreneurs to other people, it, it's fascinating. I even, even had someone like um, Amanda Hall when she was on. I had someone in Egypt that I knew that was watching it and they said, can, can, can that take uh, wa- you know salt water to agricultural grade water and I'm like I have no idea <laughs> so I ended up connected to them I, 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 and I know that they were talking and and you know it might be another as you know avenue that Amanda could take her business down but it, it's just like little things like that happen all the time which really puts a smile on my face that's brilliant and so um, now obviously because we're in the midst of the whole covid thing but you had also started, um, I believe quite some time ago, the Founders Coffee YYC. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, Founders Coffee YYC. It's uh, obviously on hold right now, as as most uh, live events are. But again, I really found that a lot of the entrepreneurs and small businesses didn't have a lot of um, different networking groups to go to, or they were all in the evenings and 
and they were all really advertised and, and, and well thought out. And I really wanted this to be as, as weird as it sounds, just kind of winging it. Um, no structure, no advertising. If you can show up great, like some weeks we'll have two people show up. Some weeks we've had 16. We average usually somewhere between five and nine people that show up every week, every Tuesday, 7.30 a.m. at Red's Diner in Kensington. But it was, it, it was great because you probably have, I would say, six to ten new people a month. Um, all of a sudden, you're you're expanding them into your network. There's a lot of a lot of sidebars that happen because of that. Saying, you know, Al, you and I would meet there, and we're like, you know what? I really kind of like to know more about you. And a week later, we're meeting for coffee on our own. So it's really just about connecting the business community together in a nonchalant way. Um, I hope that uh, you know when everything's all said and done, that that gets back to back going again because I think uh, it's a really great value to the community. Oh yeah, we definitely we definitely will be uh, having that run again. I, I really, it's been about two years since we. It slows down in the summer anyway. You, a lot of people are gone. You know, I'm gone to the lake, or if our girls are in camps, I can't make it because I have to drop them off. But uh, it'll definitely be back and running for sure. Now, the, your latest uh, thing is called uh, Peer Guidance. Could you tell us a little bit about how that came about and what's, what's, what's going on with that? Yeah, that, you know, once we sold Nathan's, I, I had my old Jade Alberts Consulting. It was uh, kind of just a business card that I used back in the day and when I was really involved in the hockey world. And I would help kids make sure that they would make the right decisions rather than go play pro, maybe go get their education and then find them a place to play hockey after the fact through connecting them with agents over in Europe or in the minors or things like that. Um, so I kind of just made it a company and, and started really working with small businesses. And I had a couple of contracts and, and then I really, really felt that this is something that I wanted to do. I had a few companies offer me jobs and I turned them all down. And cause I just didn't feel like that was what I wanted to do. So helping these, these, these people, you know, come in and, and, and have these discussions with them. And really I'm like a partner with no skin in the game. And we do have an investing side of it, but that's, that's kind of not what the, the focus is. And, so with Jade Alberts, I felt consulting, I felt it was obviously it's me, it's I'm a solo guy and, and I would only work with two or three clients at, a, at any given time. And, and during the Jade Alberts consulting, I was able to help a couple clients grow scale and exit their business, which made me very proud. But through meeting 25 to 30 entrepreneurs during the month, just for coffees or whatever it may be, I just felt that when I was giving them advice, I'd say, okay, maybe go talk to this person and talk to that person. And then I didn't know what type of advice they were getting. I knew the quality people that I was, I was sending them to were great, but I didn't know what, what they might charge them and, and, and how they would, would view their business. So, so pure guidance came out of that. I really wanted to work with more people and I didn't want my name attached to it. I didn't want it to be about me. So I put a list of uh, 10 entrepreneurs together and I was like, okay, well, maybe if I can have four of them come in and we really focus on purpose before profit. I mean, a good example of that is, you know, we waived all of our fees for our clients during this time. And it's something that we, that we really believe in. So the first four people I asked, they all said yes. And I was extremely happy about that. I was like, wow, that's, I mean, people believe in the vision that I have for this. They want to give back a little bit. And, and everybody has a little different, um, 
you know, I guess, knowledge and experience that they bring to the table with peer guidance, uh, you know, with Kalea and the, she's an inventor and, and a connector and just an incredible person as well. They're all incredible people with Mo Aladdin's in the restaurants and owns all the Montana's in Alberta, plus eight big sky HR. Daphne has her own marketing company. Uh, Peter Lafontaine, obviously, um, is, is quite big in, in Alberta and, and, and does a really good social good doer and very successful in the past. And obviously you're, you're quite connected with him as well. Mm-hmm. And so it was really good when, when they all said yes, and we were able to really focus on and giving someone the value that they need when they need the help. So when they're a really small startup or a small business, maybe making 50,000, a hundred thousand in sales or maybe 300,000, well, they, they don't have a lot of money to, to, to spend on advice and they're really trying to get it wherever they can. So we will go through, do a little financial analysis of, of their business and really uh, and charge them what they can afford. If it's a thousand dollars, great. If it's 3000, 5,000, whatever the number is, that's what we'll charge them to, to help them out. I mean, they don't get a you know, full-time access, but they get the amount of access that they need and we guide them in the right way and help them with their Google ads or whatever they need help with putting together their HR plan and, and getting them on the right road. Literally one of our other models is, is our goal is for you not to be our client. So if we work with you for six months, maybe up to two years and have you set ready to go, you're just going to keep on growing. And uh, we really believe that you know, if you're, if you're, if you're, our, if you're a client for three or four years, we're not growing you. We're not doing our job. There's probably troubles on both sides. Interesting uh, concept. Yeah, for sure. Yes. Yeah. So again, it's, it's, it's meant for that, that small person that really needs the help and, and we're getting our name out there and it's great. I've had someone from Vancouver and even someone come from Edmonton contact me about expanding and, and using our name and type of franchises, franchise it. And I said, well, I'm not really there. We're just kind of thinking it's an Alberta thing anyway. And, and if we do have someone in Edmonton, I would let that lady know, but it, it's something that we really want to focus on in Alberta and really help our ecosystem. That's brilliant. Well, I think I can see already just with all the people that I've talked to and small businesses and entrepreneurs and stuff that this is one of those things that would be, seriously valuable i mean it's hard enough getting to know somebody uh who could really help you but then be able to access a whole team of those people is uh is really unbelievable that's fantastic yeah it's fun and i mean and if you take uh you know i know i have a pretty good network of people that i know and you times that by five it it really works and and we're really able to especially on the sales side we don't teach them how i mean if we were going to say you need a whole sales training everything along those lines well we would probably send you to maybe someone like kim or or, you know, or lesky or something like that but we can make a lot of really warm introductions for them and say here you go mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know we can open doors for you whether it be like with evolution eyes and saying here here you know we can we sent out like 30, 40 emails, if not more for them. And they were able to get into the door right away. And it sure helps your business when you have somebody giving you a nice little warm introduction. Right on. So where does this, uh, this, uh, thing where I'm, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? It's this, uh, talent or this desire you have to help small businesses. Did that come from, uh, your own struggles that you felt, uh, it was something that you wished was around when you were trying to get your things going. Yeah. I mean, yeah, definitely. 
that goes back even to DSL where, I mean, I had an outstanding support system, obviously. They were a well-oiled company. My mentor, Rob Ryder, is, it was a president and, and he taught me a boatload. We're, he's still my mentor. He, we still talk. Um, with uh, with Nathan's, an, like I just had a small percentage and the Canelta, they were an unbelievable family. And so I always had the support. And what I felt that when I started working and I started seeing some of these these companies and like, well, do you know this person or, or how did you do this? There was a really big gap there, you know, seven, eight years ago that a lot of people didn't didn't have access to anything. And that's where I felt that this would be good. There's there's lots of companies that are that are out there doing really good things um, like we are. But sometimes they, they, they forget about the, the guy that's right at the right at the beginning of his uh, of his life cycle for business. They're there for them when they're ready to scale or they need to introduce them to VCs or they're ready for Series A or whatever it is. Um, some of the people that we're dealing with, they think that there's money out there and they, they, they think VC money is what they want. And then once you sit down and have an honest conversation with them, you realize that maybe they just need a partner that brings a little cash into the game. Or maybe they need a small business loan just to to do this they don't understand how the equity thing works when it comes to the vc and things along those lines so you, you, we supply a lot of really valuable information to those people when they when they need it so that's kind of why i, I thought that you know jade alberts would be consulting would be good and why it's kind of morphed into peer peer guidance to to help more people for for that reason i I mean, I love, I mean, we are going to be taking 20% of our profit and investing it back into the entrepreneurial um, network, whether it be through platform or, or CED, Startup Calgary, Edmonton, and those types of things. So it, it's something that we, re- I love those programs. I think that they're great. And some of those, I mean, I've, we're working with a few of them that have come out of that program um, in general. And a lot of times, whether it be Kevin Dole and them, will say, hey, you just go talk to Jade and He'll make sure that you're connected to the right people, and 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 as you said in the in the in, in kind of the intro there, one of the most things I'm proud about is that I'm able to introduce people and help them get ahead, and and not and not expect anything in return. It's not, it's just kind of the way I am. It's the kind of person I am, and it's it makes me smile when someone says, "Oh yeah, you're Jade. Eric went did this, and he told me about you," and I was like, "Oh, I mean that makes me." It just it warms me inside. That's awesome. That's awesome. I agree 100 percent with with all of that stuff. Um, when you think about okay, so I spend a, a lot of time uh, in a similar world where you're you know helping people out, not expecting anything in return. You're you're able. I happen to know a lot of people as you do, and you're able to make uh, introductions and stuff. What about um, you know someone who's just you know getting into the business world and they don't quite know they kind of hear that networking is important but they don't quite understand how to go about doing it and what the value the direct value is from doing it what would you say to that kind of a person yeah if it's i guess if it's if you're just lazy and you don't want to do it then it, it that's not a good thing um I, i've taken to people to events before i've actually picked people up and said you're coming with me to certain events <laughs> Um, I know if you're an introvert, there's someone like a Tracy Gillette, I say, you know what, you should probably talk to Tracy because 
she's she's been on my show before and she's out there she goes to things she's come to founders coffee and even even when she sits there she goes you know this is still difficult for me and i and i help people with it so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if if there's some something that you're really worried about at least we have someone that you might be able to go talk to if you're if you don't know why you don't do it or you don't think it's important well then we'll have a really good honest conversation about that and the importance of getting out there and meeting people and and making sure that you have your little elevator pitch down, but more importantly, that you're listening to to what the other people are saying and who they are, and 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 getting out there and and setting up a, a another follow up coffee with them. I mean, the one thing I always tell people is that you never know who you're talking to, and you treat everybody the same. I mean, those right. are two things that uh, that are so so important. And I, I mean, I our girls are ten and thirteen, and I st- and I tell them that I said you treat everybody the same, and you never know that boy that you don't like in your class right now in grade seven could be your boss in ten years. It's true. <laughs> you just That's right. So you true. just you know, and it, and, it, and it goes back and and even going to. And that's kind of the way I was in high school and in Notre Dame, we were kind of all the same. And even when I went back to Malville, I was, I would be, I was kind of in the jock group, but I was friends with the guys I played at the pool hall. I was a friend of the guys at the golf course, at the swimming pool. I mean, I was, I was with all of them and I kind of networked and made sure. And even to this day, I I still stay in touch with, you know, people from all different uh, groups that, uh, that I grew up with. Right on. That's awesome. Yeah, one thing I like to tell people is uh, uh, the the main key to networking is about building relationships. It's not a transactional thing. You're not trying to uh, accomplish something. You're basically just trying to get to know people and see where you can help them out. And that's where the the real benefit comes from it, I think. Well, absolutely. I know when we were launching uh, Founders Coffee and I was trying to bring a few groups together and I'd reach out to someone and say, hey, if you tell tell everybody I was tagging people and things along those lines. And, and I had one person reach out to me and obviously I won't say his name, but he's and his question to me was, what's in it for me? Oh, wow. And my response back was nothing. And I, I and I never talked to, you know, never reached out and invited him again. I was just right. like, if wrong attitude, like out of the get go. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's very true. Um, so I, I kind of, uh, led us down the road of talking about your Facebook live and your founders coffee and your peer guidance. Is there anything else that you would like people to know about you or what you're doing that I didn't touch, I didn't kind of tweak out of you so far? Oh man, no. Um, I mean, I'm a simple man in a complicated world. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I like I, I like going out for coffees. I like going out for beers and wings. I'm I'm still active in sports. Uh, I mean, I'm, I I mean, like I mean, even right now during the COVID, I mean, I'm really cherishing the time that we get to spend with our family. I'm obviously I would rather have everything normal and this not be here and kids in school and. And my wife down and, you know, working at a bankers and things like that. But, uh, you know, it, it, it's nice to, you know, for a short period of time here to have your 10 year old walk up and you're and you're on a call or you're in between calls. And she goes, hey, dad, let's have a game of war or let's play a game of crib or or something along. I went for two rollerblades and a, you know, and a bike ride today. And and I, I'm really liking that. And, and, and we've talked to our kids, obviously, and, and told them and explain to them and things will get back to normal and, and taking the fear factor out. But 
I mean, just, I mean, I guess right now that's kind of all I really wanted to say was just make sure that you're, you're cherishing the time that you have right now and, and it will get back to normal and we will, we will survive this, but uh, yeah, it might take a little longer than we hoped because no one thought we would prepare for this. That's for sure. And, 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 and I guess the other thing would be is I, I just really want some of my sports back. I need some sports oh, yeah. on TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's something that a lot of people don't think about is uh, if you're a sports fan, uh, you know, whether it be football, basketball, soccer, whatever, uh, all of it's gone. Like it's just not happening anywhere. And that's that's almost as unusual as all the planes uh, parked on the tarmac and uh you know, all the stores closed and the tumbleweeds rolling through the, the city. Uh, yeah, oh, absolutely. Sure. I mean, I always say that, um, I mean, sports has always been my kind of meditation. I mean, my wife meditates, but I, I set up most of my squash matches during the day and that's kind of my phone's away. And I, I sit there and I focus and it's my time to, to mentally, you know, just get away, forget about mm-hmm. things. I'm, I'm not around it. And, and I'm able to get some exercise. Competitiveness gets to kick in yet, you know, it's something that it, it really refreshes my body and I swim a lot too. And, and, uh, I swam escape from Alcatraz. I guess that's something that people might not know about me, but, oh, interesting. <laughs> but again, again, swimming is the same type of thing. You know, go to the Y, 45 minutes in the pool, come back, change shower and, and, and you continue on your day. But most of that stuff I do, I do during the day because the, uh, the evenings are, are made for, for, for the girls and the family and making sure I have supper. And, and of course, when, when things will get back to normal, they'll have dance and softball and, and all that fun stuff. So. Right on. Well, Jade, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to sit down with me today, especially on such short notice. And I really enjoyed the conversation with you. Oh, no, I really appreciate it. I've always thought that I should come on and host. And I know I get the emails and I feel bad when I don't respond. And and now I'm definitely (laughs) going to have to pay it forward now and host one. (laughs) That'd be great. That'd be awesome. got my word on it. There you go. Yeah, he's actually said it on the mic. So everybody look forward to Jade Alberts hosting the Rainforest Leaders, Innovators and Big Ideas podcast in the near future. I appreciate it. I love this podcast, Al, and I, I love what you guys do and what you do at Rainforest. And, 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 and I thank you for it. So keep on being awesome. Thank you very much. Cheers. Thank you. All right. Take care, everyone. Talk to you again. Bye-bye. If you haven't already, visit rainforestab.ca and sign the Rainforest Social Contract. Become part of the inclusive, silo-busting, sector-agnostic, all-industry, open-sourced, ego-shrinking, ecosystem-building, entrepreneur-focused, wide-open, social barrier-smashing community known as Rainforest Alberta. This episode is brought to you by Community Now Magazine. Engage. Inspire. Educate. Together. Music for the show was created by Tony Deldegan. Please be sure to share this episode with everyone you know. Also, don't forget to come by and say hi at the next Rainforest event. Let us know what you think of this podcast. If you're interested in being either a host, sponsor, or a guest of the show, send me an email at rainforestpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.